hello, hello, hello. It's been a while. Uh, we did not come out with an extra episode last week, so it's been pretty much an eternity, really, since the last yeah. episode. Kind of like two but, weeks now. <laughs> yeah, basically. But it was for good reason. And th- this episode, I put a lot of work into it. It's finally here. It's the draft episode. Oh, I will say it was the one I was not looking forward to doing at all. But, you know, doing the research on this draft, uh, it's basically probably going to be my favorite episode uh, that I've ever done. So we, let, before we actually get into that, let's uh, actually talk about some news because some stuff did happen. Uh, so we'll start with uh, Monty McNair did fill out the front office. So let's see. He hired Wes Wilcox, who was one of the candidates actually for the actual general manager job, um, Bill J- Jabor and Paul Johnson. Now, Fong, you're an expert on NBA front office guys. Can you tell me everything about these guys? No. I sure I as hell can't, because I yeah. sure as hell can't. So. <laughs> I can't, but uh, from what we see from Minaire, I, I think it's pretty good moves. I think he's actually doing something that Wadi probably would never do. Or we would never see him do. And that's the kind of thing that is a bit of, like, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't know anything about this, but from what I've heard, these are good moves. These are good front office people to have. And that's the kind of, like, you know, backhand, you know, like a backhanded compliment of the Kings is that, holy shit, they, we actually put together a real front office. Good job, Kings. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from Twitter especially king's twitter and it's good it's good to see okay let, let's just let's just stick with like the positives like we have a real front office now with very smart people and we kept uh kent cantazella from the last regime who apparently was really the only front office kind of guy in vlade's regime that's kind of sad i'd say again because... just just the kind of backhanded nature of like these you know these compliments i guess yeah <laughs> so okay well the uh, next part of the news uh bucks apparently were are interested in bogey it was kind of i don't want to say hidden but it was like on the last part of Sh- the shams report so they're you know they're trying to improve they're gonna try and keep Giannis. we don't know if he's gonna sign the supermax yet but they are interested in getting another shot creator and bogey is kind of that guy now, of course, the first thing that came to mind is like, I don't want to take back Eric Bledsoe. But, you know, we, with how the sign and trades work, we actually can't take Eric Bledsoe, not straight up anyway. So chances are, if we're getting Eric Bledsoe, we're going to move one of our guys, whether that be Jabari Parker or something. So we'll see what comes out of that. I don't really know if this is really going to happen just because I think Basically, most teams can offer Bogey more money, and I don't know how far the Bucks want to. Basically, how much they're going to want to pay Bogey. They don't have enough money, I don't think, to actually afford him. So, well, I'm not going to dive too much into it. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, it'll be interesting um, if we do all of a sudden get Bledsoe. Would you think he'd be a better six man than Corey Joseph? Oh, of course, he'd be better. It's just that I don't know if he wants to be a six-man. Hmm. He's not going to be a six-man. I, I don't do think. not 
I do not want him in the starting lineup either, I, though. Well, here's the thing. I don't mind him in the starting lineup as long as Buddy is going to be okay with it because he has a lot of defense is the thing. He, like, you know, lost in all of the really horrid decision-making and just, you know, awful offensive kind of collapse that he goes through every playoffs. He is an incredible defender. And I think that can help the Kings. Yeah, very true. Uh, it's just that I kind of don't want to play too small in a way because I, I do want to keep Fox out there, of course. Well, um, he, he'll he be fine, I should, out there because he can guard bigger guys. He guarded Harden for long stretches when they play the Rockets. Mm. Like So he can guard twos. That's not, the, that's not what I'm worried about at all. So, you know, overall, it's not going to be very sexy, but we probably will end up getting either, you know, Dante DiVincenzo or uh, DJ Wilson, or both, for all we know. So maybe it'd be something that's be worth looking at again. As I've said before, McNair seems to be a very creative person and comes from a creative office You know that was once inhabited by a guy that we will get into. So we'll, we'll see what kind of th- what comes of this. I don't really have that much expectation of this. Mm. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Okay, uh, on to another... News that came out, not really related to the Kings, but uh, Dave Yeager was hired by the Sixers as an assistant coach. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because Dave Yeager was our coach, and he apparently is the Phil Jackson of the Kings, uh, according to parts of NBA Twitter, or not NBA Twitter, Kings Twitter. Uh, and also, you know, Buddy really wants to get go to uh, the Sixers, but not a fan of Dave Yeager, is he? <laughs> no, he is not. This makes me want to trade him to the Sixers more, <laughs> if anything. But uh, you know, like uh, I don't, I, you know, who knows? But I just don't want to absorb like you know Al Horford for not getting back Matisse Thybulle. We should and Josh the, Richardson for all we know. We should check the Instagram posts if you don't like those uh, posts. There was a post that he posted about um. Basically, I think it was a bogey post, and basically, he, he said bogey could pay for his uh, drink or something. I don't remember the specifics, but the implication seeming that there, bogey is already like locked, you know, agreed to a contract basically behind the scenes. Oh, possibly. Now, no technically, idea. that would be tampering, but you know, it's, it's, you know, let, let, let's be honest. This is what goes behind the scenes all the time. This would be stupid if they get fined for this. But uh, that is going to be something to monitor going forward. Uh, yeah, Sixers have Dave Yeager now. You know, hope he does well there, and maybe they win a championship. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Stan Van Gundy got hired by the Pelicans. Any thoughts on that? Uh, kind of interesting. I, I mean, to be honest, I haven't seen him do much since Orlando. Yeah, he was part of like the Pistons for a while, but that didn't really work out. They, were, they had like good stretches, but it ultimately... I think it was just because he was the, also the front office, and that's just too much work for one person to do, and they kind of fell apart. Um, I thought they were going to hire Mike D'Antoni. I thought they fit, but I think Mike D'Antoni maybe just wants to like go for a championship at this point. Like, and Pelicans, you know, as talented as they are, aren't really close to a championship yet, but there is a lot of talent there. And from, you know, I've got nothing bad to say about Stan Van Gundy. He's definitely going to probably make it uh, I'm gonna make the Pelicans a very dangerous team for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, the whole West is already dangerous enough for us. So, yeah, Pelicans are up there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Daryl Morey has stepped down as his general manager. I think it was some sort of buyout, or it might not be an official buyout, but he technically resigned. And, you know, there's probably going to be some sort of payout to him. Uh, any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, that's interesting because we have his successor, and now we're the only one who has Daryl Morey now. I don't know. Maybe he could come. Well, I don't know why he would, but like come no. as an assistant. It's like. You know, he he's probably going to take a break for one year at least, and it really uh, Rockets are kind of fucked, aren't they? Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I I'm I'm still gonna say they're gonna be a threat in the West, but yeah, we'll see the moves that they'll make uh, this off season because. I, it's right, as of right now, it feels like a clean slate for them, just with you, Harden there. Do you think Russell Westbrook get, goes to the Knicks? Oh, dear God. Why? Because he has a big contract, and who wants that contract? It ain't going to be the Kings, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Rockets got, Rock got to cut salary, because apparently their owner is uh, kind of you know, stringing for money right now. As much as I like Westbrook, I do not want to see him on the Knicks. Oh, I would love to see him on the Knicks. They, I want to see suffering. Suffering. Just, yes, and you know, I, I'm rooting for them to draft, you know, Lamelo Ball, who we will get into, and you know, they're just perfect for. I want to see them suffer. It's just something about like just their attitude, and I don't know. It's it's. It's just a match made in heaven or hell, whichever one, you know, that suits your boat. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, Daryl Morey steps down. It is going to be a volatile situation in Houston going forward. Mm -hmm. And just to quickly round out news, uh, George Carl apparently called DeMarcus Cousins a snake. I do not have the tweet with me, but I think something along the lines of what, what was a player you disliked the most? And George Carl replied uh, to Marcus Cousins. With the snake emoji. With the snake emoji. Any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah. I don't. It's not my way, not my problem, but that doesn't sound great. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of DeMarcus and George Carl doing this. Yeah, it's that's some petty no. ass shit. Isn't yeah, it? this old man was he dicking? And let's just say there's a lot of people calling George Carl snake, including Demarcus. So like it's you know this doesn't look good for George Carl, but it's fun. Like we get to talk about it. You know, old man being petty, starting drama. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Well, that's all. That's all we're gonna spend on that. Uh. So all right, let's uh let, let's get into it. Draft pod. Let's start it. Okay, so we're gonna have three categories. Uh, there's gonna be fit picks, meaning that that a pick that basically using our draft pick to pick a guy that fits our needs the most. And then there's the second uh, option, which is the best talent, which also will be lumped in with trading up. And we, do, I don't really have an idea of what we're gonna do. Maybe most. There's not a lot of indication of what McNair will do, but let's just pretend. Let's just let's just pretend that the Hawks will trade us their sixth pick, 
And let's just say we lose Buddy Heald because of it. But the scenario would be that we would get someone back that essentially replaces Buddy. You know, 70% of what maybe what Buddy provides. So it will be more or less, uh, I guess, a lateral movement. And we get the sixth pick somehow. There's going to be the second option or the second category will be trade up candidates. Guys that we're going to trade up for that we think we can get at the sixth pick. Okay. And then the final category is going to be trading down. There's going to be, you know, basically two guys that we're going to look at and whether or not we should trade down for them because I don't think they're going to be picked very high and we might as well get something along with that player. So, all right. So, and then at the end, I'm going to have you pick up who's your favorite guy and whether or not we should trade up or we should trade down. Okay. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, so let's start with uh, Patrick Williams uh, from Florida State. Uh, he's a six-seven, uh, you know, kind of three slash four. He shows a lot of good energy uh, on both ends of the floor. He's a a lot of defensive playmaking potential. Does gamble a lot for my liking, but again, shows really good energy on that end. How's that sound so far? Sounds pretty great. <laughs> and you know, the reason why this is such a good fit pick. We need a defensive wing, and he is a guy that's projected to be able to guard three through five, and probably two, but probably not going to be able to guard ones. He is a bit slower of all the fit picks that we're going to uh, go through. Um, he's a really good offensive rebounder for his position. It's possible it could translate to the NBA, but I'm not sure. It's you know, offensive rebounding's kind of become just because of how many threes we should it shoot. Like in the league now, it's offensive rebounds just happen every now and then. And I don't think mm-hmm. it adds that much value anymore. But it's something that could translate to the NBA. Uh, he has some passing and playmaking potential as well. And as I mentioned before, is a very sh- you know strong guy. I think he's one of the youngest guys in the draft. I think he's just 20 years old. And he already is like 220, a very strong and already like kind of filled out and is projected to be able to guard a lot of big men. But again, because he's a little, just a little heavier, probably won't be able to guard guards. Uh, how does that sound? That sounds pretty good. <laughs> sounds pretty good again. And he's probably one of my favorite candidates that we're going to draft. Uh, he's a pretty decent shooter overall. Um, you know, good looking pull up, um, you know, on the, from the mid range and from three, very uh, kind of good, yeah, very man-looking form, but it does work, I think. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, you know. And uh, let's see. So also projected to be probably going to be a good shooter. He's shot 45% from the field, but only 32% from three. Although, good free throw percentage. I don't have it written down here, but a good free throw percentage is usually the best indicator for good shooting. Any thoughts That's on that? Yeah. Okay, his stats. Uh, yeah, I think he'd be a pretty good offensive uh, threat, and uh, paired up with possibly Marvin or Rashawn, I think he'd be a pretty good fit. Yeah, and he basically the reason why he's a good fit is because he is a big, strong three, and he's going to be projected to be a three and D guy, and he that's basically what the Kings have been missing for a long time. Now, the issue with him is he is 
you know, offensively very raw so far. There's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done with him offensively. And that would be very much dependent on the Kings training staff to achieve that. Unfortunately, we don't have the greatest track record of that. So he'd be probably one of the riskier picks we can make. And, you know, I would uh, personally, I would take a swing on him just because I, he's he fits everything we need and he has a lot of potential to be, you know, may, maybe not a star, but a definitely a high level role player. Mm. And the comparisons I have for him is that he is he could be Eric Pascal from the Warriors all the way to a Marcus Morris and at the absolute peak of his powers. Kawhi Leonard. Interesting. So, yeah, he's going to be... He's, of all the fit picks, he's definitely the most risky, but definitely the highest reward, in my opinion. And, you know, wouldn't be mad if they drafted him. Although, he is projected to go anywhere from 6th to, like, 17th, I think. It's pretty crazy how up and down this entire um, this entire draft is. There's only, real two, only two real consensus picks, and we'll be getting into them later. So... I don't even know if we should trade up for him, to be honest, because he might not be there at, uh, you know, at twelve. But we'll we'll see. The Kings are, you know, McNair probably is going to get good intel on whether or not, like, you know, a team is going to draft him before twelve. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he's there or not, I there's plenty other choices out there for this fit pick. Okay, and you know one of these one of these other choices, uh, Sadiq Bay from Villanova. So first thing that I saw from him, uh, very defensively versatile, smart defender, very good on small small guards, really good lateral quickness and foot speed, good for defensive fundamentals. Doesn't go for you know the risky play, you know, go, doesn't go for steals and blocks too much, and just contests and just kind of makes life difficult for him, you know, the offensive player. Again, doesn't take a lot of risk. A very low steals rate. And, you know, probably not going to be a great, you know, defensive playmaker at the less, next level, but probably will be a guy that can kind of keep his man in front and just, you know, plays the right way, I guess, would be the way I would put it. Hmm. And let's see. So... Uh, so the next note I have here is that his shooting form, he, now he's shooting 45% from three this year, which is amazing. Like that's, uh, that's again, something that we would love on our team, but he's six, eight, by the way. Uh, so forgot to mention that. So he, again, I, he shot 45% from the three, but his form reminds me way too much of Lonzo balls where he kind of brings it from his right to his left. Or no, from his left side of his body to his right. And, you know, that's not the greatest sign for me, just because this does need to be reminded. Lonzo Ball has shot really well from three at UCLA. He shot 41% from three on the similar number of attempts. And I'm not sure if that's, like, going to be something that translates to the NBA. What do you think? Uh, To be honest... It's it's hard to tell. Some players can translate, some players can't. But I mean, forty five percent that in on paper sounds nice. And uh, if he can translate to the NBA, I 
I believe he'll be a really good offensive threat as well uh, in terms of freeze. And yeah, he's a, another free and D player. And yeah, he he's kind of, he's basically like projected to have the highest one of the highest floors of the entire draft class. And you know, I wouldn't be mad if he's end up getting being picked because he uh, the way I kind of describe him is that he's a big Corey Joseph in a way mm-hmm. because he he's a guy that you know we'll, we'll talk about it later. But like you know, he's not, a guy that's not going to do too much and provides you know the most important things that you need on a basketball court. The ability to space the floor from three, and also to be able to play very, you know, solid to good to even great defense. You know, every team needs a guy like that. And you know, uh, in terms of his form, it's not as extreme as Lonzo Ball's, where like Lonzo brings it way from his left, and he's, it's just it's just something to monitor going forward. And you know, I do believe with a little bit of work can be fixed. Not maybe it doesn't even need to be fixed. Maybe it's just how he shoots it. But you know, if it goes in, it goes in, right? Uh, yeah, true that. So he so he likes to post up a lot. Uh, so he you know he's a big guard. That's kind of what he played in uh Villanova, where he l- likes to post up smaller guards that get post or get put on him. Don't know if that translates to the NBA because you know more athletic point guards and they're probably going to have their three on him. If anything, like they're one of their bigger defenders, a really good rebounder, um, you know, good nose for the ball, you know, has really good instincts on like, you know, where to be. It's a grab that rebound. Uh, not a great driver. It's <laughs> uh, the way I describe his driving game. It's very similar to what I do in 2k where one or two moves. And then I hold the post up button and just back down my guy until I can do a post move. Um, huh. yeah, all the way from the three point line, basically. Okay. I see. Yeah. Overall, not a great scorer, but you know, I think he can make it work. And especially with a b- bit of extra polish, um, I think could actually turn this post big guard post up th- into a thing kind of like, a you know, how Andre Miller used to be, but you know, five inches taller, <laughs> uh, the hope for him. Maybe he becomes a kind of a Clay Thompson-esque player, although I don't think he's shown much, you know, being able to shoot off the move, um, like like a Clay Thompson. I see, but, just a spot up. Yeah. So, like, you know, the the hope is that you know he becomes kind of like a version of Clay, where you know Clay is one of the best three point shooters in the league, and also one of the best defenders in the league. And yeah, that's kind of the hope for him. The comparisons for him are, you know, Jay Crowder to. Tobias Harris, and of course, the aforementioned Clay Thompson. Sounds very nice. Very nice. Yes. And moving on. Uh, so we have Aaron Naismith. He is listed at 6'6, aka, you know, 6'6 buddy, basically, is kind of what he reminds me of. Uh, he is a he's very good at threes, okay? He shoot he shot 39. Okay, so he shot 34% in year in his first year at Oh, I forgot. Oh, I didn't write down what college he's from. But he shot 30, 34% uh, from three his first year, but shot 52% in his second year, although it was in, in less games. But w- what's really good about him is that he's really good at shooting off screens, you know, like off pin downs and being able to shoot off the move. His release so far, at least in college, is kind of slow for my liking, but. You know, I think he, I think that can be worked out with some NBA training, though. Um, a thought so far? Uh, 
I think uh, I don't like I said I don't want to say like we were talking about replacements for Buddy because we're not hundred percent sure if he'll be traded or not. But if we were to replace Buddy, I mean this is a pretty good uh, choice to you know take Buddy's role and be that potential maybe starter or maybe a six man for our team. Yeah, and hopefully he doesn't complain about it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, just like Buddy, not a great handle. <laughs> um, oh. But, but if he's willing to buy into his role and just become, you know, six six JJ Redick, like that is a you know a ten year a twelve year veteran who's going to be very useful on a very good team. Uh, in terms of his defense, he can be good to sometimes being great. You know, he's very active, hustles. And, you know, he has good size for a wing. And, you know, that's all, that's all I can ask for sometimes. If you're if he's like just J.J. Redick, you know, 6'6 and able to defend, that's that's a that's probably, you know, a max player in a way. You know, basically, I'm more than willing to pay him what Buddy's being paid if he's that good, you know. Mm-hmm. Buddy 2.0 coming up. Um, unfortunately, his offensive game is just so similar to that of buddies he's not a great finisher <laughs> or driver for that matter <laughs> and does get tunnel vision while while driving but you know hopefully that can be fixed with you know the right training even buddy like i don't i think buddy's an okay passer he's not like you know a great assist guy but i don't think he get, you know, i don't think he has tunnel vision like so you know that's something that's very uh that's encouraging. It's not really a knock on him to have tunnel vision, or Naismith, that is. I think that could be worked on. And as I yeah. said here, basically a great replacement for Buddy if if there is just a point of no return with Buddy. Mm-hmm. And if he gets traded. Uh, uh, as I said, uh, shot 31% is year one, but 52% uh, in year two. I will say, I, d- I did you know hear that the college that he played for didn't play against great competition. So... There, you know, the fifty-two percent could be a fluke. There's just not enough of sample size to actually be able to tell if it is. A I fluke. see. So, you know, to round it out, his comparisons are, you know, and the aforementioned Buddy Heald and Danny Green. Very interesting. I'm assuming that's you know pre twenty twenty twenty, uh, basically pre COVID, uh, Danny Green. <laughs> so, you know, Danny Green really only had a. Like, I know he shoots, like, 40% for multiple years, but he's also had some weird, like, mid-30s years. And then, I mean, the highlight of his career is 2013. Honestly, ever since then, I feel like he's just been so... He's been a lot more bad than good in the playoffs. He's a bit overrated, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, consistency is a factor, and hopefully maybe Aaron Naismith has that consistency we needed. I'm I'm just saying like he had a he had like basically two really good runs and like we've been just remembering from those two very good runs and one being 2013 and he was okay in 20 he was pretty good in 2014 but ever since then he's been a bit of a pumpkin of course of course you can't like the, his real intangible is his defense his defense is really good and you know hopefully Aaron can kind of replicate some of that we shall see. Okay, uh, our next guy, Precious Achua. So 6'9", he played at Memphis. 
he basically replaced James Wiseman after, you know, Wiseman had to basically, uh, was it not retreat, but basically he, he couldn't play for Memphis anymore. And so Precious Achua uh, replaced him in the starting lineup as their center. Now, the good things about him, a very long, very nimble athlete, crazy, ridiculous, fast and quick for someone his size, a great role man, a great cutter. And has a pretty good handle too. And like, if he gets the ball, if he like gets the rebound, he can go coast to coast. And that's a freak train, you know, six, 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 nine with like just a decent handle and like just, you know, <clears throat> with incredible size and touch, he can really like just be, you know, a force in transition, basically. Uh, he apparently could be a three point shooter. However, only. However, he only shot 1.4, and he only, he shot 60% from the free throw line. Ooh. So chances are not going to be a good shooter. Um, but like all you know, as I said, a crazy great athlete, probably just a great role man. You know, in the pick and pop game, maybe he can do it like once or twice a game, and just to keep the defense honest, there's a lot of potential there. But I'm not high on a shooting. No, I. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, for his defense, a really good rim protector. You know, really long athlete as well. You know, he was very quick, as I said, and he has very good instincts. So he can probably be a, a pretty good rim protector you know, at the next level. And, and as I said, very quick. So he can also kind of defend on switches, being able to defend like guards in space. Granted, they are college guards. I don't know if he can do that against NBA guards. Uh, he does have a weird tendency to kind of take some really tough shots. Like I describe it as he thinks he's KD where he can just kind of dribble, dribble and just shoot over people. Again, I don't think he's going to be a good shooter at any point. Maybe he can be a decent scorer, but he's not going to be KD. And someone's going to need to like kind of iron out some of the shot selection choices. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he pr he could probably change that in a way under our coaching uh if we do pick him of course that's the thing i think that's a really big unknown for the kings right now i don't know how good our training staff is mm. it's kind of why that kind of pushes me away from like you know picking a guy like patrick williams because a guy like patrick williams is going to need a lot of development and i'm yeah. not sure if we're the right organization to do that i see yeah seeing what i don't know yeah, it's, it's hard to say at the moment. I mean, with how we've restructured the front office, I think that's going to be the giant X factor. Like, we don't, we just don't know right now. And hopefully mm -hmm. it's good, you know? But we shall see. We um, shall see. So, be because he's, like, a really good athlete and just so nimble and, like, fast, he does have a tendency to charge into guys and, you know... Um, it's just not a lot of uh, basically his ins his offensive instincts outside of doing like you know the basic pick and roll and dunk he doesn't have great feel on offense and just can just kind of get tunnel vision and you know four shots sometimes and you know if he's not getting a dunk it can be a little shaky is kind of how I describe it uh, overall I think he's a very kind of seductive. A prospect because he's a guy that I think, if he hits, can be a very a Bam out of bio-esque player. You know, I don't know if he's at the, I don't know if he's ever going to develop his passing, but that is something that is very intriguing. Just a guy, you know, just a six nine kind of center, 
that can like you know move really well and probably guard all five positions in, in the same way that Bam Adebayo can. However, because we have Marvin Bagley, I think he's a bit redundant. I see. Yeah, I'd say he could potentially be a good six man, but at the moment, in my opinion, he's not in the top of my list in terms of uh, picking at this uh, at our pick. Yeah. We'll get over, we'll talk about it more later on, but. Uh, for other teams, other than the Kings, I I think he uh, can flourish a lot better. Uh, for us, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, again, I just think that he's just redundant with Mar- with Marvin Bagley because honestly, like all the stuff that I've said about him, I think I think Marvin's better, so <laughs> a better version of him. I mean, granted, like you know, they're like you know years apart. And I just rewatched like the Heat game. Marvin needs a lot of work. Uh, I the, see. Like the uh, the game that Marvin played against uh, the Miami Heat the first time, and you know Marvin's going to need a lot of work. But I feel like everything that you know Precious Achua outside of the defensive stuff. I but I think you can, you know, teach Marvin that. But he's going to have to just you know learn on learn on the fly as well. But I think Marvin provides just about everything. Precious uh, provides on offense and the defense. I think for Marvin can come. Yeah, I would. I would rather see uh, how much Marvin improve uh, next season rather than you know seeing what our new draft pick can provide at the moment. Yeah, and I have another note here, which basically says I think Rashawn fulfills most of what. You know the Kings need add a center, and I I don't want to play Precious at at the four. Mm-hmm. The inability to really shoot, I don't think you can like play him at the four. He has to be the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, moving on to our last uh, fit pick, Devin Vassell. Now I will I will have the caveat. He is most likely not going to be at twelve. I think we have to probably trade up to get him if because he's projected to. He's kind of, he has a, a like a smaller range of like six to ten, and I just I, I just highly doubt he's going to be there you know, at twelve. So I see. But let, but you know just, let's get into it. He he is projected to be a very very good defender, no matter what. Great team defender and great individual defender. Always kind of looking to cause chaos on that end, and just trying to disrupt ball handlers. Really good at reading passing lanes, and, you know, getting getting the steal and the dunk. A really good three-point shooter, 41.5%. However, it's a very funky form. And for those of you that are on Twitter, he his trainer posted a video of him essentially with a new shot. And <laughs> I yeah, you you weren't able to look up that tweet because the person who tweeted out removed it because it caused so much controversy. Oh. So it's basically his form, he does pull back like way above his head to the point where it looks like a catapult. Oh boy. That's like my shot like 10 years ago. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know if like that's something to be monitoring going forward. Like even his normal shot, like during the season, it's really like high up. And again, it looks like he launches it, but again, shot 41% from three, which is very encouraging. And he, and he went from like shooting no threes in his first year to shooting 
I think about three per game. And again, shooting 41%. Again, I will remind you, Anzo Ball shot 41% from three in college. So I don't know how big of a sample size that is. He does have two years, so maybe that's more encouraging. But again, just something to monitor going forward. He'll He's basically guaranteed to be at least be a good defender, but I don't know about the three. Um, he does have a shot creating potential, although currently he's going to need a lot of work because, you know, he does get a little bit of tunnel vision and, you know, he's not an overly quick player, doesn't have like that quick first step. And he actually struggled to actually get by college players, but there is potential there. Like his fundamentals are overall really good. Granted, again, he has a very funky shot where like he pulls it way up or way kind of behind his head and you know we'll see if that you know how that goes at the next level uh what are your thoughts so far so far i think uh you know i mean if if uh we some or if he somehow ends up below the six for ten pick i i think it's a pretty good choice um i'd say he's in my top three and i guess say which is my top one yet. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, in my opinion, he's a good choice if uh, he is available. Yes, and again, I just don't think he'd be available at 12. He's projected to go like just really high. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll have to see. He's probably going to be a trade-up candidate, if anything. I'm not sure if I want to trade up for him. No. Uh, but I do really want to see a shot first uh, before. I'll, I'll look. I'll look it up for you. Um, yeah, before deciding, I I kind of want to see a shot. Again, his overall like offensive game needs a lot of work. In terms of like this three point shot, also needs a lot of work. But the the de- de- defense is going to be there. I think at the next level, mm. um, he you know he needs to work on his handle. Needs to work on like his. He basically anytime he dribbles more than like three times, it's usually not good. I see. So he's not really creative in a way. Well, yeah, he's not gonna, He's not there. And yeah. like, we don't know if he's going to become that. So that's the big question. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, good athlete. But again, he doesn't have a great first step. He's not a crazy athlete by any means, but does have great hustle and definitely a great motor. You know, dives for loose balls. Definitely not afraid to get down and dirty. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, mean dirty as in like trying to hurt people. He's just he's willing to dive on the floor for the ball. Yeah. Defensive wise, I think uh it's a big plus for sure. Um offensive wise, yeah, I'm gonna have to see his uh new form, new reform form to uh You might change your mind is how bad it is. Oh, I see. He might just drop to, you know, like down the list for you. Okay. Uh, so the the comparisons for him are uh Mikel Bridges. And Paul George. Now I will now I will say Mikel Bridges has turned into a good player, but it did take him about two two years? I don't remember. I don't know if it's his third year, but he will take some time to develop, and that's fine. Like, you know, he he I think his ceiling is probably Paul George. If he if he figure out figures out the handle. I see. And that will be it for the the fit picks. Uh, we're going to be moving into the trade-up candidates now. So, assuming we have about the sixth pick, and assuming that the pick, like, the the mock, like, I guess the picks are as volatile, or, like, the order of it is as kind of all over the place as the mock drafts are projecting it to be, 
Like we could get just about any of these guys at the six pick, and there, and you know, we'll we'll go through just like who we think is overall like the most potential, the best player out of all these options. So to start it off, Obi Toppin. Now I have him as an absolutely insane athlete, like all all the explosion in the world, windmills for days, uh, absolute monster in transition in transition. You know, again, windmills for days. Uh, shooting, there's a lot of shooting potential with him. Now, he has improved a lot, and it's to the point where he's shooting 39% from three. And it, and it could be a real thing, like in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he has a really quick release. It's a very nice-looking form. Oh, something uh, I would want to see <laughs> after watching that Devin Vassell. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Anyways, uh, so a very solid post game and a very good pick and roll partner, and primarily as a roll man. He doesn't, as far as I know, he doesn't really handle the ball out of the pick and roll. But you know, a good roll man, and because he can shoot, can also pop. So you can get the, you know, have the defense guessing. He can also pass out of the post, although he's not like it's not something that comes naturally to him. Doesn't look like, but it is a thing that he can do. Um, that being said. He, again, amazing offensive game. Probably, like, the most offensively polished, I think, overall uh, for out of, like, all these um, people that we're going to go through. However, the defense is fucking terrible. Like, I, I, I don't have the words to describe just how bad he is on defense. Now, normally, I would just, like, I would probably list something specific about, like, bad defense maybe he just loses his guy every now and then maybe he just you know just like stares at the ball too much it's not even that he loses his guy can't defend his guy even if he's focused on defense there are so many clips of him trying to like front a guy in the post and falling on his face somehow constantly slipping getting bullied by bigger guys it's incredible just how good he is on offense and somehow be equally bad on offense. It's pretty amazing. Oh. <laughs> uh... it, it's uh, basically... Uh, so one of the big knocks on him is that he's 22 years old. He is a, probably one of the oldest uh, um, players in this draft. And, you know, like, I don't think that should be a knock as much as it is as much as it is. As it is, but like I think his I think his offensive game is you know perfect. It's perfectly polished already, and which could you of course use more polish. But like his if his defense is that bad, I'm not sure if it can improve enough to the point where like you can I guess win a championship with him. It's bad, Mm, and I don't see it getting at that much better. Really. I really, cause like it's not for a lack of effort. Like he is, he is trying, but he just can't. Like the awareness is off. Like, and then like the fact that he just cannot keep like guys in front. You know, slow lateral speed. It's like it's the Jahel Okafor defensive problem. Where like in the draft, in, in like the draft uh, summary, I guess it doesn't even like list out what he's bad on defense. It just says defense. Jeez. That's... It's literally that bad. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. Mm. Well, I mean, if he could uh, perform real well in offense, hopefully someone can take up 
or who, whoever team takes this guy can uh, defend his guy even better. I, although I will say, if if you know we somehow get him, he's a great fit next to Marvin because he can be like the four, kind of like that, you know, that can possibly slide up to the small ball five, and it will force Marvin to play the five. I see. So I, I think he can. I think he fits really well next to Marvin, and he could possibly be the three. But I do not want to like even imagine him trying to keep up with threes. Yeah, a big so a man, remotely mobile three. Yeah, big man that can't defend average. I don't. I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, his comparison is uh, Amari Stoudemire, which perfect comparison. <laughs> it really is a perfect one. I, it's, it's, I was like, I couldn't think of anyone else. So, yeah. Okay. So next up, uh, Denny Avija. Now he is kind of my favorite pick. If we end up trading up, now he is kind of you know this is going to be a controversial take. He's he reminds me of a lot of Luca. Basically. Oh, yes. Really? Yes. And yeah. you know why? Why? What? Well, why? Why do you think he's uh, just like Luca Owen? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked, Fong. Uh, he's <laughs> a great pick and roll player, great passing, great feel, and like can make you know the one-handed skip passes and very create, very like patient and creative in terms of like you know picking like his spots, being able to pass to his teammates, you know, choosing between whether to score it or you know pass. Um. You know, a very smart cutter as well. A very, very score. He had, amazing enough, has a post game at, I think he's 20 years old, and has a very good post game. Can score in a variety of ways, can shoot from the mid range, can shoot threes. But, you know, just like Luca, the three is actually very inconsistent. And, you know, has also has very good uh, defensive instincts as well. Very good help defender, although not a great individual defender. Kind of. You know, needs more discipline, although I think, you know, with a proper amount of, like, training and experience, I think that can, I think he can fix that. And, you know, overall, it's he's basically kind of this year's Luca to me. And he is projected to go anywhere from number two to number 17 somehow. Dear God. Yeah. Well, maybe we have a chance. We only have to trade him if that happens. And... I do think he ends up getting. I I think the Warriors end up picking him. To be honest, I see. And like you know, you know, since we missed out on Luca, why not pick you know the next Luca? <laughs> and I think I think he can. I think he can like you know be really good. You know, another kind of big ball handler. I think he's like yeah, he's six nine. So like. Again, that big guard. Again, very creative scorer, and just also, you know, I'm not saying Luca bad on defense, but like, you know, like I think he can be better than Luca on defense. I don't, I don't think he'll be as good as Luca on offense, but you know, you know, that's something that can be a very good thing. You know, his ceiling yeah. is very is very interesting to me. Yeah, uh, I mean, of course. Any team would benefit from a Luka-esque player, and uh, with the Kings, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't want a Luka player? Now, the, a more apt comparison for him, you know, not named Luka, is Hito Turkoglu. Okay. 
Um, you know, some people might not remember him very well, but during the Orlando Magic years, he was kind of that, you know, the big, the big guard that could handle the ball. A, a lot like a poor man's uh, Luka, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hino Zerglou was really good in his prime. And, you know, he was pretty good when he played for the Kings, too. So, you know, you know like, that's probably a more apt comparison to him. Like, I don't want to, like, set your guys' uh, expectations on fire by saying he's the next Luka, but he has that archetype to him. Just like what? we need just one. like what we need yes i mean yeah i i wouldn't mind at all but if you're saying that the warriors might pick him at two yeah it's gonna be yeah that's probably not gonna happen i just don't think he drops below drops to six there's no way right but you know lord knows yeah you never know okay next one killian hayes now He's a 6'5 guard from uh, France. And, you know, first thing I kind of like look at him, how he plays, reminds me a lot of James Harden. Mm. And uh, so he has a great handle and great passing ability. Very, very shifty, although not, you know, extraordinarily fast, but a sneaky athlete, a lot like a Harden. Uh, Very good mid-range and floater game. And when he gets to the basket, a very creative finisher. although. He, he is he is a left-handed player, and he is incredibly left-handed dominant. Uh, although, with that said, some of his like finishes with his left hand, where he forces his left hand, some beautiful, some absolutely beautiful finishes. Even though like his body is like backwards, but yeah, uh, can he? Now he's not a great shooter, but he has shown the ability to be able to shoot, and you know projects to be an elite shooter at some point, you know, during his career. As long as he can kind of like, you know, kind of ba- basically make better, uh, make his shots, shot selection better. That, that sounds weird. But like if he doesn't take as many bad shots, he could be projected to be a very, very good shooter. Mm. Uh, his free throw shooting is really good. And yeah, uh, he projects to be, you know, again, a very good shooter. And he's going to be a very good uh, scorer, I think. Well, thoughts so far? Looks pretty good to me. Uh, I mean, kind of don't like uh, comparing like prospects to uh, players uh, right now because it gives you a false hope in a way. But uh, okay, so from... let me put it this way: his uh, his 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 ceiling is James Harden. His yeah. floor is Cameron Payne. Oh, now, <laughs> in between that, I do think he's better than this. I think he's be- so uh, he you know in the middle of that is uh, D'Angelo Russell, although I do think he's better than D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo's not very fast at all, and you know I think that Killian Hayes projects to be a better athlete than uh, than D'Lo. I see. Um, yeah, I mean if he could reach that. Even that middle potential of Dilo, I think he'd be a pretty good threat for any team. Uh, for us, I mean, I, I would always like another uh, shooting guard or even a, a really small wing. He's six five. Yeah, six five. I think that's okay. I think it's six, six five. Although is as low as I would go in terms mm-hmm. of just like you know, if you want a wing, six five is as low as I'm willing to go. Yeah. So he he'll most likely be a two player, uh, but uh, 
Yeah, it, I would pick him if something happen does happen with uh, Bogey and uh, Buddy. And so. yeah, you bring up a good point. Like he could be an amazing replacement for Bogey. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's a very smart player. Like really good at kind of picking his spots. And he, as I said, he's a very good passer, although he does get a little ambitious sometimes. This is kind of the part that really reminds me of James Harden, the ability to be like shifty and get to the rim and the ability to shoot, but also the incredible passing of Harden. Like He throws a lot of these like one handed lefty passes like, you know, all basically like from one side of the court to the other for a fast break. Also, like does the cross court passing really well and like re- you know, is really good at hitting the role man as well. But again, does get a little ambitious sometimes and is very much over-reliant on his left hand. Like, you know, NBA players, I think, can force him to use his right hand and probably strip him a lot, at least when he first starts. Uh, In terms of his defense, uh, he can probably guard one to three, but his off-ball defense, at least so far in the French League, is really bad to focus on the ball way too much seems to not respect his man and will just randomly double the ball off his man one pass away which leads to like you know his man making a three he needs to work on his discipline and you know that could possibly be fixed pretty easily but i i don't know yeah we'll see okay so that's it for killian hayes uh next one isaac okoro now the best way I like to describe him, he's a defensive first guy. He's a great defender, is very good at locking in on his assignment, and he's usually on the other team's best wing player, and but usually actually on their best player who's not a, you know, a ginormous five. He can easily guard probably two, two through four and probably can switch onto ones and fives. He reminds me a lot of Jeremy Grant, but he's a little small to be Jeremy Grant. Uh, he he has a lot of uh, playmaking potential as well. You know, he can like he's he's really good at passing on the move from the clips that I've seen. And again, uh, you know, if he gets more training on that, just more you know, just NBA experience, he could be a real like threat, like on like the short roll or just like you know a a dribble drive artist. And yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, overall, very good finisher at the rim. However, not much in between game. And by that, I mean, if he's not shooting a three or getting a layup, he doesn't really have that many options because his floater touch isn't really there and he doesn't really have a pull-up game. Uh, thoughts so far? Uh, I mean, for what his uh, offensive capabilities that he has, I mean, that's kind of what the NBA is going towards at the moment. It's either inside the rim or a free point. But uh, yeah, this this guy, I'd say, be a really good pick for Houston if they had it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so about us... they traded it away to you know get you know Russell Westbrook. <laughs> but for any team, I, I mean, he's he's pretty well rounded. I'd say any team would benefit a great defender that can guard two to four, even maybe one to five. And uh, playmaking is a plus, of course. And uh, you said he could uh, shoot the three decently. So that that's what I was going to get into. His shot mechanics are, you know, wonky. 
and like so far it's his threes are very inconsistent unless he's shooting a step back three which is weird but like in terms of spot up threes that's going to be the big unknown like he needs to fix his mechanics a little bit but he has had moments where like he's just pulling up from three like just no hesitation and just drilling them but in terms of spot up that's that's a unknown to say the least. Hmm. That that could be potentially fixed. Uh, I'd say yeah. Another, in my opinion, could could be a potential three and D player. Uh, I don't know how versatile he is on offense, but um, in terms of him just being in the rim or even beyond arc i think uh he could be a potential threat in i'd say not now but maybe in a few years yeah and his defense is already there basically like he again he's basically guarding the best player on the other team always and if he can just add like some semblance of like a reliable like just ability to create a shot like that could project him to have one of the highest ceilings in in the class. Mm-hmm. And you know, just to round it out, his comparison is Gerald Wallace, and as I said, probably like a little bit of a shorter Jeremy Grant. But again, I, I don't think he's six six. He feels taller than me. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, if uh, we get accurate measurements from the NBA, we'll we'll see because apparently, like you said, some are kind of either taller or even shorter than they're projected yeah and we you know we'll get into a guy that has a very wonky measurement but yeah so honestly i don't think we'll ever really get that because because of covid we're not gonna have an actual draft combine so i think they were it's just whatever the hell they sent in <laughs> okay next one another really probably going to be a high pick uh, onika okangwu now he, I don't even. I thought for, when I first kind of just saw like his uh his profile, I thought he was like a big, thick center. But he's actually relatively skinny, six nine, kind of four five. Probably going to be a center in the league. Now he's very versatile in defense, and can switch on to guards and actually guard them in ISO, which is really amazing. A uh, very good instincts as a help defender. One of the best shot blockers in the draft. Some would even say he's the best one. And a very good post defender. So basically projected to be a good defender at all levels. Mm. Basically right off the bat. A really good rebounder on defense and offense. Great instinct for the ball. And like, you know, he just seems to be in the right place. And really good at boxing out and kind of getting position. You know, something that's somewhat rare in a young guy. Uh, however, when he does get the ball, like in, on a rebound, can get tunnel vision, um, and you know just force up a shot. That can be worked on. Someone needs, someone just needs to show him film. Mm-hmm. Really good pick and roll roll man. Although you know basically and exclusively as a roll man, but also like a very good lob threat as well. Like you know if as soon as like there's pre- uh, penetration, like they can lob it up to him for like an alley oop. A decent post game. I don't think it's going to be a thing for a while. It's, he basically just posts up like shitty players, basically. He's just, you're uh, not going to have him post up against Joel Embiid, for example. I see. <laughs> that'll, that'll take some work. Um, jump shot doesn't take that many. Has very 
has very bad mechanics, actually. His legs are weird on the shot. I'm not sure if it's going to be a thing. He could probably develop a mid-range for sure, but from three, that I don't know. Um, as I said, I remember just watching him. Like he looks like a very thick boy, but he's not a. He's actually not that thick at all. He's uh He actually gets bullied a lot by some centers because he is. Again, I thought he was. He just looked muscular to me, but he's not. Um, he just needs. He does need to add a little bit more weight and get into a strength and conditioning program. Getting into the NBA will fix that, but it might take a few years for him to just kind of bulk up, basically. But as it stands, can get bullied by really big three, really big fives. Honestly, there aren't that many in the league anymore, so that might not even be a problem unless, you know, Kings are competing for a championship. Yeah. Um, His comparison is Antonio McDice. I'll be honest, I did not watch Antonio McDice play. I don't know what he did back in the day, but, you know, I don't have any comparison for Okongwu. Um, that's all I got from on him. What are your thoughts on him? Defense. I mean, going for all these guys is is always going to be either defense, playmaking, or offense. For his defense, really nice. I'd say he'd be a pretty good uh, def- I mean, defender in the NBA coming out of college, of course. Um, offensively, not really sure. Uh, like you said, could use a little work, but uh, I don't know how we'll utilize him in the Kings if we ever trade up to him, to be honest, besides his, uh, his defensive capabilities. Yeah, like his offensive with Marvin is wonky, to say the least, because you know Marvin is not a good shooter yet. I think mm-hmm. he will be at least decent from three at some, you know, later on in his career. But like this guy is not going to be able to shoot very well. Yeah, and it's going to clog up the lane for Marvin. So the the fit is very wonky. But I imagine like, you know, his defensive contributions are going to be all, you know, really good. And you know, like maybe maybe they can find a way to make it work. Maybe uh, he he is projected to be kind of a Bam Adebayo type. I see. Uh, at the moment, as as long, I mean, as much as uh, we say he's good, but uh, I don't think he's a fit for the Kings at the moment. But if he's available at six, and like all all the options up above have been taken, I wouldn't be opposed to taking him. There's a lot of talent there. Yeah, there is a lot of talent. It's just uh, hopefully we have that training staff that we're talking about to uh, help you know improve his game, uh, so it could he could fit with us in the Kings. Yeah, hopefully that is the case, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. Okay, well next up, uh, so he is one one of two consensus picks at uh, the one two spot. Uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, six, who's listed at six five, or on some websites six three. We don't know how. We don't know which is his real one, but I'm just gonna say six five. He is a, um, you know, d- despite you know not being all that tall for the most part, very thick boy, very kind of bulky. Now he's an incredible athlete. Can get to the rim at will. Crazy quickness. Crazy speed. Decent handle. And is projected to be a very good score right out right out the gate. He's already a very good ISO player, very creative in terms of his dribbling. And 
yeah, that's that, that's probably going to be the first thing that's going to translate onto the next level. He has a lot of potential as a spot up shooter as well. Although you know most of his shots, you know, in Georgia were you know off the dribble like an ISO. But you know his his form looks good, his mechanics look good, so he projects to be a good shooter at the next level. However, because he's kind of the man on his team, does end up kind of like ISOing too, ISOing too much and taking some really bad shots. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. He can make them sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> that sometimes. So like he's almost encouraged to take more of these shots. And I don't know if you what your thoughts on on that. Uh I mean, if it's like, you know, five seconds left in a shot clock, I mean what what are you gonna do? Um, I guess you do have to take that bad shot. I mean, if it goes in, it, it goes in, to be honest. My worry is is not so much like, you know, five seconds left on the clock, like giving it to him. My worry is giving it to him in 16, minutes, 16 seconds on the clock and he starts ISO. I'm like, move the fucking ball, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. that, that's my, that's kind of my take on him. However... You know, there's a lot of potential there. Like, you know, he he could be, you know, the next Dwayne Wade. He could be the next Victor Oladipo. Like, that's kind of what he's projected to be. Mm. And, you know, he he does get tunnel vision sometimes, like when he's ISOing. But he has shown flashes of being able to be a decent passer and having decent court vision. And also could possibly be like the, you know, the pseudo point guard, you know, that initiates offense as well. But... You know, we don't know. He's shown flashes, but I don't know how much I can trust in it. Yeah. It'll be tough, to say the least, uh, but I I don't think we'll uh, be able to uh, get him anyway, to be honest. You said he's a top two. He is the... He, him and another person will get into him. Oh, yeah. He's the only other consensus pick on this. Like, as I said, like, 3 to 17 like fluctuates all over the place in mock drafts. I see. And it's it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um so the big the big knock on him, he's a very lazy defender. Oh no. And you know, wh- whenever like he's not guarding the guy that has the ball, you can you can just pick a random clip and probably put money on him just standing up or just standing around looking really disengaged and not really paying attention. Essentially, it's basically he's a very he's he's a very bad off ball defender currently, but there is a lot of potential there because there are there there how there is tape of him being locked in and completely shutting down like his opponent and in like you know crunch time situations. So really, the the only knock on him on his defense is that he doesn't try all the time. And it, I don't, and I don't know if you want to deal with a guy like that, where you have to like, where it, like you're just saying like, well, if he tries, he's good, he's a really good defender. I'm not sure if I want to deal with that shit. Yeah, it's it's either you defend or you don't. And at the moment, I don't want a fifty fifty player that uh, decides when he wants to defend or not. To be honest, but that and that's the most uh, very frustrating thing about him is that you know he can be a very good defender. 
you know, like, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, I'd rather have a guy that can play defense as opposed to a guy that, you know, can, can get played off the floor you know, and just have lapses every now and then. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I have mixed feelings about it, to say the least. Yeah. You know, the comparisons for him are kind of where it gets really funny. So uh, I've heard, I've, like, I've never been able to get this out of my mind. Like, um, Andy Liu of the Light Years podcast called him Anthony Wiggins. Anthony Wiggins? Oh, gosh. Basically saying he's brought probably just Andrew Wiggins 2.0. Uh-huh. So that's the kind of, like, I've never been able to get that out of my head. And, you know, just looking at his draft summary, like that, he really can project to be the next Andrew Wiggins. Which is not good. Like that's the that's the thing about the laziness on defense. Does he want it all the time? Is he gonna work hard all the time? Oh boy. That's the big question with him. Unfortunately, that is just gonna be a thing until he can prove it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh yeah, he to be honest, yeah. No. Not not a good pick for the Kings, in my opinion. Offensive wise, yeah, but if he's gonna be lazy on defense, no. Hey, he kind of fits in like right in with the culture. <laughs> like uh. you know, I'm not <laughs> not sure you want to add on to that culture, but you know, like yeah, it's I don't like that attitude. And maybe he changes it when he gets into the league. Like you can convince, you can talk me into it. You can't convince yeah. me of it. That he's yeah. going to definitely defend. I can't. I will not believe that he will definitely defend. Yeah, you can definitely well, talk me into it. Whoever team picks him, I gotta wish the best of luck to him, and hopefully he does defend the way uh, he feels like <laughs> he wants to defend. Yeah. Um. Say hello to the next Dion Waiters, but you know. Oh, okay. Boy. All right. The most polarizing pick. Of the entire draft. La 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 mello. Oh. Now, I have plenty of thoughts on him. I'll just break it down as quick as possible because I don't want to talk about him all that much. Uh-huh. Now, Lamelo Ball is projected to be a Jamal Crawford plus Lonzo Ball hybrid, which sounds amazing, by the way. If Lonzo could, could just shoot, like, that's a really damn good player. Uh-huh. Now, LaMelo cannot fucking shoot. I don't know where this shit comes from, where they think he's going to be a good scorer. So, just, just quickly, to kind of break it down, he shot 38% from the field in, in the Australian League and shot 28% from three. Oh. Now, he did have, have you know, have, I think, a, about a month stretch, a five-game stretch, where he was on fire, okay? He shot 40% from the field. 30, I think 30, 30% or 33%. I don't remember. That's shot 30, let's say 33% from, from three. Scorching yeah. hot, right? That's my average. Average? No, that's pretty fucking bad. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I, that's the thing I don't get with a lot of draft analysis saying that he's going to be a good, good score. I don't think he, I don't, now I, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, he could totally be a very good scorer at some point. But don't let's not pretend he is one right now. Right? Yeah. It's just one of those things where, like, you know, I think the hype around him does cloud what he actually is. And what he actually is is an amazing passer. 
Now, I now normally like you have you know your A level passers and your B level passers. He is an S level passer, like at his age, right? And if you guys and for people who don't know what I mean is that in primarily Japanese games you have like the B rank, you know, the A to F ranking. I think A to D. I don't think they even have an F. I'm not sure, uh, but. Yeah. But you know they have your A to F normally, but in Japanese games you have the S level, and he and Lamelo Ball is an S level passer. Like his court vision is amazing, his court field is amazing, and that is the stuff you just cannot really teach. And he has that ability at nineteen, I think he is, and that that is just basically the sky is the limit for him. His ceiling is, you know, he has like an unlimited ceiling. If he can figure out how to score properly, I just don't know if he can. But that passing is going to be there. And he is an amazing pick and roll player. Like his, you know, like he throws like really unorthodox, really risky passes. And his assist, but somehow his assist to turnover ratio is amazing. Meaning that despite throwing crazy passes, his assist, he doesn't turn the ball over that much. Which is incredible. And that's the thing, that's something that you just cannot teach. And that is why he is ranked as high as he is. Because you can't really teach his feel for the game. And and also, you know, A-plus handle as well. Again, great pick and roll player. But again, his inability to shoot at least currently, does kind of put a damper on things. And if he can't figure it out, his floor is scary low. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of hard to say for uh, how much he could provide to any NBA team besides his passing. Uh, How's his defense, by the way? He was like, I think he was like one of the worst defenders, <laughs> worst oh, defenders in the Australian so. league. Now, now I will say, like, so like people who are high on him and you know think he can learn to play defense, do bring up that Dejounte Murray and Ben Simmons were terrible, was terrible like in their college years. So maybe mm-hmm. like he can be a good defender. He's not going to be a good defender in his first year just because he's really skinny. I don't think he's gonna like you know be a good defender anyways, but like yeah he was the one of the worst defenders in in the Australia league. I see. So now if he tries, now that's that that would be interesting. But he is he is not his brother on defense to say the least. No. Uh... Yeah, like so I I get why he's ranked as high as he is. I just, I'm not high on his scoring potential at all. And, you know, that, like, I project him to be like maybe a taller Ricky, Ricky Rubio, but Ricky Rubio with a few extra inches could be a special player. So, very and, true. And, like, as I said, what he is good at, you cannot really teach. And what he is not good at is fixable for the most part. Although I will say there are just some people that just never learn to shoot, and that's just how it is, right? Mm-hmm. Some people just can't learn to finish at the rim. That's just how it is. And they, those things, I think, are, you know, are fixable. But to the degree that they are fixable, I have doubts. 
So you're saying his potential in the future might not be a very high ceiling. I think his ceiling is unlimited if he can learn to shoot and finish. I see. Because if he's not a good shooter and if he's not a good finisher, why would anyone ever say double him? And like, he won't be able to make use of his passing if like, you know, he's not really a threat to score. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting how, uh, or whoever picks him up, you think the Warriors would pick him up? <laughs> uh, it's been actually hilariously documented, although I don't know what they're actually thinking. But like LeVar has said he does like he's not a good fit with the Warriors. Like Steve Kerr would probably hate his fucking cuts. <laughs> um and like he doesn't really fit the the Warriors system. If the Warriors are gonna draft him, it's probably to trade him. I see. And it because might not be even be on draft night. It might be like on the trade deadline. Because yeah either Minnesota or Warriors, I I don't know. I can't I can't see him in either of those teams, in my opinion. I would say the Knicks should trade for the number one and number two, but they don't have anything to give up. Yeah, yeah. They already gave away KP, so, <laughs> like, what else do they have? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be an interesting uh, pickup for whoever team picks him, to be honest. Yeah, see, again, the sky's the limit for him. You know, the depths of hell is kind of where his floor is. But, yeah. Know. Actually, I don't think, no, I don't think his floor is as low as I'm saying right now. Just because, again, 6'8", Ru Ricky Rubio is a pretty special player, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, he's still young. He still has time to develop. As of right now, I don't know which team. That's, that's the I problem. I just don't like a shit-eating attitude, man. I think he's a little, he's such a dipshit, I think. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Maybe that clouds my judgment, and that's why maybe why I hate on. It, it actually is why I hate on him as much as I, I do. But I again, skies is I acknowledge that the sky is the limit for him. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, moving on. The James Wiseman. Now he is probably he's even probably more of an enigma than Lamelo Ball is because he only played three games for Memphis, and two of those were very bad teams. And I did not actually bother to research the actual good team he played against. But basically, the big thing with him is that there is not a big enough sample size for how good he would be against higher level competition. But I will bring up, he's 7-1, he has a 7-6 wingspan, and he is really fucking big and agile. Now, is that a recipe for a good NBA player? I would say 70-30. <laughs> so, 70-30? Yep. I mean, it's a good attribute to have, being big and agile, 7-6 wingspan. Very good attribute already off the bat, even being 7-1. Gee. Yes, and there are videos of him like in pickup kind of destroying people, pulling up for threes, doing like dribble moves. That's against pickup competition. I'm just not sure how much stock to put into that, and that's kind of the the root of the uh, the root of my kind of doubts with him. And yeah, I don't. I, it's, you just don't know. Yeah, it's. And also another interesting note about him. So because there there is no real data for college games, 
you have to probably you have to look at his high school and AAU stats. And apparently, his AAU stats are are actually like not as good as Marvin's. I see. I don't know how much stock you want to put into that, but like, you know, it's he's not a sure thing. Like as as much as his physical profile says says he is. I feel like whoever picks him up will have to develop him for another year or two, maybe, to uh, get his potential. Yeah, you can you can make that case for like so many players, and mm-hmm. you know, I th- I think he'll be good. I just I just think the just the physical profile he has to be good. he has to be at least decent. Yeah, and but you know. Um, there, there are some kind of weird red flags with him, but he does project to be a good rim protector and, you know, a, probably a good shooter as well. His form looks good and he, he has a decent mid range. Now, will he be able to stretch out to three? That's a question. And we don't know how good he is like defending, I, you know, guard ISOs, right? You know, you know, for example, let's just say if the Warriors take him, mm-hmm. is he going to be able to guard, you know, LeBron in space? No, definitely not his first year, but he's going to be able to do it like it is third year. That's kind of the question. Maybe. Maybe. So that's the that's the big question with him. There just isn't enough of a sample size, I think, just to again, he only played three games and two of those were against, again, very bad teams, Mm -hmm. you know, had no answer for him had no business playing against them. So. You know, it's it, he's he's an he is probably either going to be the best player of this draft or one of the biggest busts of all time. Uh, that sounds pretty sad. But, Another yeah. note I have uh, I have uh, for him is that he takes these some of these weird, really weirdly bad shots that that you know resembles some some of the shots that Lamelo takes. I see. Not not exactly a great thing, but it doesn't. Hopefully, it doesn't happen that often. I didn't skip really like actually watch that much video of him. I just watch mainly highlights. And again, there's not much to go off of. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard for me to say too because yeah, not much film. Just his profile itself is already fit for NBA. That's that's all we could really say. Okay, so for the comparisons. Now this is more of a trolley thing for me than anything. He could go all the way anywhere from Hashim the Beat to Joel to Joel Embiid. Okay, I see. Yes, and the most the this is kind of the red flag of why I don't see like what what really scares me. A lot of white side comparisons. Hmm. Hassan Whiteside, that is. I see. Now I get that you you know you you like Hassan Whiteside a little bit because he does get a lot of blocks and he you know he is huge and you know is very is, is sometimes good on offense, but if you, I don't know I I don't like the idea that he is Hassan Whiteside. No, I feel like he could be better in, in a way. He better be better for me to like just look at him as you know, you know, a, a contributing NBA player. Yeah. Hopefully up to the DeAndre Jordan. He's actually projected to be a more a more offensively talented DeAndre Jordan. Oh. 
which is a very dang, which is a very scary prospect. So, no. I mean, if he could shoot, then yeah, he's already doing a little better than DeAndre, I'd say. I mean, DeAndre Jordan that can do, you know, you know, other things other than dunk on offense is a very, very good player. Yeah. So he, granted, I, granted, I think his defense is so overrated, even even in his prime. I see. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I could I could see him being a borderline Joel someday, maybe. Just yeah. uh, how the team uses him, I'd say. Okay, well, that does it all for the trade up candidates. Oh, this is I've been on a long podcast. My mouth's drying. I know. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's let's just quickly go through. Okay, so the trade down candidates. We'll we'll quickly go through these. Jaden McDaniels. Now, the reason why I I'm very intrigued by Jaden McDaniels because I think he's going to be this this year's Michael Porter Jr. if he hits. Okay, mm-hmm. because he's a six ten guy or six ten like wing that can you know has a very good handle and can go get buckets. A very very similar to that of Brandon Ingram. But overall, his you know skills are raw. Like he does, like in terms of his, he needs to polish a lot of his like shots, and definitely need to clean up a lot of his shot selection. Doesn't lack in confidence. Uh, that's for damn sure. Pulls it for threes on the regular, and you know his his form overall looks good, and which means that he's probably going to be a very decent, uh, good to decent. Decent to good catch and shoot guy. There's a lot of defensive potential with him too because he's just he's very quick and very long, but he will need to add on weight, which shouldn't be a problem when you're in an NBA training program. And this is kind of the thing of why I would trade down for him and why he's projected to go down or projected to go like in the mid, like late first round. He takes a lot of bad shots, gets tunnel vision. And if he's not scoring, he really starts to lose interest in the game, which is a uh, red fucking flag if I ever heard one. Yeah, that's a big red flag. Yeah, so basically like tall Anthony Edwards in a way, but like even worse. Uh. And, you know, lots of turnovers. Apparently more turnovers than Trey Young and nowhere near the amount of assists that Trey Young got. Okay. And, you know, this is a real thing when, like, even in on Hoop Intellect, he brings this up. Really, like, big attitude concerns. Like, he, he's not, he can, like, just disengage himself from the game a lot, and apparently did get benched a lot. And, you know, there are just concerns about his motor. When that's actually on your profile, that's a red flag. Yeah. I, he's a guy that if he hits, oh my god, that is a nasty player. Yeah, overall, a little more fixing than I would like for a player, to be honest. Uh, you know, if we get him in the second round, that's not yeah, bad. Yeah, it's not bad. His attitude might be a problem, of course. Turnovers, uh, <laughs> we already get a lot of turnovers to add on to that culture as well. Uh, bad shots. Yeah, and if he does lose interest in the game, which you know us with the second half. Oh boy. Well, he won't be playing the second half. That's for damn sure. <laughs> His ass glued to the bench. So yeah, as of right now, our culture. Hopefully, we change our culture, but 
our culture will not fit him at all. It will not. And you know, he his ceiling is KD, I think. Because like you know that long lanky guy that can you know go get buckets. I don't think he'll be actually as good as KD because. He's one of the greatest players of all time, but he can go anywhere from KD to Perry Jones. I so, see. Yeah, it's a it's a scary prospect, but if he somehow falls in the second round, I think we have like the thirty something pick. I I take a I take a chance on him. Yeah, I take a chance. Uh, haven't had add to concern since. Oh, I mean, now we have Buddy. Yeah. But back then with Boogie. <laughs> Well, that's a different kind of attitude. Like, DeMarcus would try, at least. I'm going to yeah. talk about a guy who, like, you will not, like, there's concerns about him trying if he's not having a good game. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'd take a chance if it if it does come down to our uh, second round pit, but as of right now, no, culture will not fit us. Okay, well, just the, the, our final pick overall, and you know the final trade down pick as well. Alexi, okay, I'm, I'm I'm sorry if I say this wrong. Alexi Pokoshevsky. Now he, I totally forgot to look at what country he's from. God damn it. Okay, um, he's a seven footer who's pl- playing in a lesser league. Let's just say he is. It's playing in the lower leagues. That's lower than Euroleague, and he is a guy that is seven feet tall. Has a a decent handle. It, it's hard to project that because he just played against a lower lower level competition. But he he does have a handle. He can really pass. I think that's translatable. And at seven feet, you know, he can see over most people. And he really has great passing feel. It's, it's not just from a standstill he can pass. He can pass on the move, and he can pass like uh, with live dribbles, and he can pass from the post. A very fluid and agile athlete for a guy like who's seven feet. He's like got you know great body control, great touch. Uh, he only shot thirty two percent from three, but there's a lot of potential there because his his fundamentals look great. His feet, his legs look like look good. His mechanics look good. His, like his form looks good. There's and he shot seventy eight percent from free throw line. You know, despite being so young, so lots of good signs. Not so far. See, so yeah, I just searched it up. He's from Serbia, so maybe. Well, Vlade's gone now, so that that won't matter. I mean, but you know, pairing up him up with Bogey, if he does happen to stay with us, mm, might be a little good, maybe. Uh, I know they, you know, you're like maybe. I I don't think it matters. I don't know. I don't know if they even know each other. Yeah, I know they're from the same not. country, but like, it's I, I don't know. Uh, in terms of uh, being a big man that can pass and being agile, that's really nice. Uh, the problem for me is that I kind of don't want another big man in the draft. Now, I, here's the thing. He's projected to go like late first round or mid-second round. Oh, so our second round pick could be in use. And, mm. you know, good good fit with Marvin, too, because he can yeah. space the floor. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, in terms of if we want to trade down our 12th pick, I don't think I would want to. I would rather use our second round pick if it does come down to that. Or maybe trade up that second round pick for him, maybe. 
Uh, I wouldn't mind picking him over uh, Jaden McDaniels, to be honest. I was just about to say that, actually. So we're glad we're on the same page there. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, so yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. Okay. So another note I have on him: great defensive feel, but in terms of just like being like the help side protector, like help side rim protector, and you know helping his teammates out as soon as they get beat. But he is really skinny. And he he is not going to be guarding bigs at all. I don't think like in his first year because he's he's going to get just you know pushed around. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to need to add at least twenty pounds of muscle. I would say thirty because he fucking skinny. But like you know his defensive like his defensive feel is there, and that's hard to teach. And but you know his overall fundamentals need to need to be worked on. But again, he has that feel, so that that's a good foundation to work off of. And, you know, he just needs to work on his footwork, and you know, with a good training staff, hopefully, we can like teach him. Again, we have Serbian people on the team, hopefully, and they can kind of translate for him as well and just get him better acclimated to American life. Mm-hmm. Again, the big thing with him is that it's hard to project how good he is just because he played against such low-level competition. I see. I see. Although I will say he should have a higher uh, assist number because from the highlights that I saw, his teammates were pretty trash too. So he would dime them and they would miss. And I would oh. be very sad. Oh, I see. So that, so, you know, <laughs> comparisons for him, I put a Yi Jian Li. He's the one, one of the chi- Chinese people that played, I think, for the Rockets back in the day. It felt, didn't feel like that long ago either. It's actually been ten years, which is crazy. Oh, okay, never mind. I know, like it's twenty ten doesn't feel that long ago, but at the same time, it's been a while. Okay, yeah, it's but, been a while. Yeah, he can go anywhere from Yi Jin Lee, all the way to I think at his best, KP. Oh, okay. But what he ends up probably being is probably Bull Bull. I mean, we I, don't know how good Bobo is going to be. So, yeah. I mean, didn't didn't we have a chance to pick him up uh, last year or last? I actually, season? I don't think so. I think we were all. I think we were in the forties, and then like we had one of like the, one of the last picks. I see. Never mind then. Okay, well that rounds it up for basically all of the draft. Uh, definitely my proudest work. Uh, definitely spent a few hours looking up all these guys, you know, doing research. The draft is fucking miserable. How do people do this? Just miserable to do. Like just doing summaries of the draft analysis. I don't even want to imagine what doing draft analysis is like. Yeah, you know, after going through your uh, own analysis and watching some clips on uh some of these players in uh my personal time um yeah it's 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 pretty tough to be honest i mean all in my opinion some of these players are fairly similar in some ways just little there's the little differences that can make them may potentially be a better pick or even you know a, a worse pick and Right now, you know, any of these picks really can potentially fit for the Kings. It's just, you know, there's there's only that couple that I think uh, we should be picking, in my opinion. 
Yeah. So it and like so much of like what determines you know what will make them good or not is intangible, and it's totally different for every person and you can never truly be like 100% on this and you know that this is my first year going to the draft and yeah and hopefully I get just more experience of like just projecting who's going to be good and who's not going to be good and yeah again it's a fucking miserable miserable process never do this again <laughs> like well I'm doing it we're going to do it next year but you know yeah it's a it's a horrible process i hate i again i did not love doing this but i do love the result of what came out of this i mean it's our it's the most i've ever worked on for a pod episode so yeah oh you can't you forgot about the extra people down in the last i'm not doing that i'm not fucking doing that uh we can maybe do it for a bonus I don't want to talk about the draft anymore. Should, should we at least name out the names that you have in extras? Sure. Uh, so we originally have Paul Reed. I don't rem- So you you thought this was Devin Vassell. It was Devin something. I don't remember his name. Uh, yeah. Josh Green. Leandro Bolomaro. Tyler Bay. And there are many more, like guys like Cole Anthony. I just wasn't interested in just because he's a little too small for my liking, and just I I want a wing size guy. Oh yeah, I, I'd rather have a wing. Yeah. So, okay. Well, the final verdict: Would you rather trade up or trade down, or just keep it? Keep our pick. I'm I'm gonna say keep it, and my two picks, in my opinion. Would either be Patrick Williams or Sadiq Bay. Good choices, good choices. Now, if I get to pick two, since you get to pick two, I would <laughs> say Patrick Williams. And if and I, my second option would be trade up for D- Denny Avisha. Oh, I see. And you know, I explained why I like Denny yeah. as much as I d- did. And you know, I, you know, you missed out on Luca once. Me, the potential for another Luca, you, you gotta take. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, those are two picks. Very nice. Uh, trading up, I think, would be a very good uh, choice in Denny Avisha, and uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know uh, what we'll be giving up uh, for a person like him. To be honest. Yeah, let's not worry about that now. I'm just dreaming of getting, you know, second chance Luca. Yeah, I, I I don't want to think about it right now either, to be honest. Yeah, well, we'll we shall see. We're a, a few more weeks away from the draft. Um, yeah, we only shall see few? what the Kings do. Huh? Oh, it's only a few weeks, gee. It's on November 18th. Dear gosh, that quick, huh? It's coming, it's coming. Okay, then. Wow. Well, well, I don't know if we'll be doing a live reaction, but we'll definitely do a reaction uh, pod afterwards. But, you know, that, that's planning a little far into the future. But mm-hmm. we will have an episode definitely in between. So, or at least two, yeah. I think. I think it's two weeks from now. Maybe three. I don't know. But, like, you know. Uh, yeah, so excited for the draft. Now that I finally kind of know, remote kind of know what I'm talking about, well, it just makes me excited. I'd like to see what, uh, what uh, McNair can actually, like, conjure up in terms of just you know being creative and picking what he what his vision is for this team oh yeah 
pretty excited for the draft as well, and I'm I'm pretty excited for that first trade we're gonna do hopefully soon because I don't know if there'll be any news in the coming weeks. We shall see. Well, for now, that's gonna do it for our for this pod. Uh, we actually forgot to talk about how the, the NBA mic started like right before Christmas. Ran out of time. We'll, we'll talk about that on the next episode. I see. Okay. Yeah, we'll come up with ideas for next episode. Uh, did you have any ideas? Uh, we'll we'll talk about the restart and see like yeah. what the plan is for that and how I think it's fucking insane. But you know, that's he neither here or there. I'm I'm not well versed in the workings of TV contracts and stuff like that. I still think it's fucking insane. I'm not yeah. changing my opinion on that. Yeah, as much as I miss going to games, um, yeah, I don't know how this is going to go down. Uh, it's still, we're still in the middle of uh, this pandemic and, you know, not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, well, you know, we'll still, well, we might have NBA coming back, you know, despite all that. And we, we shall see how it goes. Uh, as for this episode, that's all we have for now. So, Okay, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yep, see you guys later.